everyone. Welcome to The Tasting Table. We got a real fun episode for you today. But first, I'm Chandler. I'm James. And remember to like, comment, subscribe. Be ready for the Was That in Good Taste episodes. We got a whole handful of them coming up. But Oh, also don't forget, okay. I've seen that over 99% of the people who see this aren't subscribed. So well, huh? they should try subscribing. You really should. Um, reason we got a Anchor.fm. Real fun. Anchor.fm. Oh, no, it's not that anymore. Wait, what? Spotify for, Spotify for podcasters. Sick. Spotify for podcasters. Shouts out. Uh, the reason we got a real fun special episode today is because we are trying some white whiskeys. And uh, we got one that's from Glendalock. Um, this is a pretty popular Irish whiskey here in uh, the East Coast. America's the on the on the west side of the hemispheres. This one clocks in at what's that? Sixty uh, percent <laughs> alcohol, and it's made with malted barley, wheat, and beer. Um, it's a pretty neat whiskey. And then on this side, we actually don't know where it came from. It's a big old mystery whiskey that has been unaged, but we do know that given our thorough lab testing, it is 63%. That's uh, 126 proof. Um, its mash bill is majority cracked wheat with a little bit of malted rye. There's uh, also about a teaspoon of yeast nutrient used in a Saison Belgian ale yeast. Um, and it uh, also had about a half a teaspoon of amylase uh, enzyme to help convert some of the um, grain starches into sugars to ease some of the fermentation process. But we don't know too much about this with mystery whiskey. Wow, that's that's wow. We know so little much about that. Don't even know. It just kind of showed up in wherever the, uh, wherever it came from. Wherever this came from, whoever made that is handsome and pretty and and talented, and is looking forward to making some more and distributing it anonymously. Not distributing it, <laughs> no, just oh, consuming whoa. it anonymously. Cons- um. Anywho, so, so this would this would you would this would be a white whiskey or a so this like the the first step in the distilling process of whiskey before you well the major step the first major step the first third this is whiskey before it's whiskey a uh, couple more distillations and you end up with vodka run it through with some juniper berries you end up with gin put it in a barrel for a little bit you got yourself. A whiskey. Now, this one in particular can never become a bourbon, no matter how hard it tries. However, this one also could never become a bourbon, no matter how hard it tries. But if it did want to be a bourbon, it would have to have a 51% uh, corn uh, percentage oh. on the mash bill and then go through the various barreling. Um, and, and, and how much is in this, in this mash bill again? No corn. No it corn. Is pretty much all wheat and then some beer. And then some malted barley. So it's an Irish whiskey. They don't really they don't really fuck with corn too much, except for that uh Kilbegan single grain that oh, we yeah, tried. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That one's much more in a bourbon style. Yeah. But this uh um, was pretty sweet too, so yeah. Glendaloo Glendalock has a couple of different um whiskeys 
on their on their portfolio. They have a three year, I believe. There's like the general rule of threes with Irish whiskeys, um, typically made with uh, pot stills and then um, three different grains. Um, distilled three times and then aged three years. Now that's just that's not rules. Rules. That's just like eh, your best, guidelines. Your guidelines. Suggestions. Suggestions. Um, this is actually called so it's it's a essentially Irish moon moonshine, but it's uh pachin is the way it's con- pronounced, and it's a uh, mountain strength, crafted in small batches and then finished in virgin Irish oak. So it just has just a little touch of aging in it to kind of get some of that ethanol to uh to settle down some of those fusel alcohols will evaporate off then uh in our in our mystery shine here um that one's pretty young actually it hasn't really been aged it did get a uh, a couple burps uh, oh, um, okay. where it was just kind of left to aerate with a small, with a little bit of ventilation, so that some of the extra alcohols that are like right out of the uh, yeah, of course, out of the still, get to get to evaporate off, and um, the moonshine burps kind of help balance out some of the uh, some of the the, the off flavors. Um, mm. So let's go ahead mm. and taste the Glendalock Poutine first. Got a got quite a nose on it. What so do you, now- What do you think? When it comes to tasting liquors, let's not forget the rules. You're not trying to taste it for its specific flavors because it tastes like distilled liquor because that's what it is. Like alcohol. Like, the question yeah. is, what does it remind you of when you smell it? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my, I'm not going gonna, gonna to stick my nose in it. It kind of reminds me because I already got a good, a good nostril full. It's, give, it's giving. Sweet. A bit sweet, almost like a pear kind of sweet, or like a a green fruit, like a like a Granny Smith, or like um, oh, or like a clear. What's the, what's the one that um you usually get? That's like oh, I think you get it from uh Mister Mister Lot or Mister Mango, Mister Mango, and it's like in the in the pouch and you, it's a pear. No, it's a it's a bunch of little fruits that you kind of like you Canapas? buy. Yeah. Oh, something green, like in the lychee family? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Because it's sweet, kind of creamy. Kind of creamy. Not sweet and like the lime kind of sweetness. Because it's it's not citrusy, in my opinion. But it also has a bit of like a sea breeze kind of salinity to it. Um, I'm going to give it a little taste. Well, you you want to you want to read to the class Man. about some of the descriptors. All right, let's say here it says, "Here comes here comes off the glasses." Let's see. Don't remember. It doesn't really remember. Aha! World class craftsmanship, along with unique distillation, which they don't tell us, and maturation process. So when they say that, that means that they don't mature it by just sitting in a barrel. They means they do some dumb shit. They probably just pour it over. Yeah, it's probably over wood chips or something like that. Staves. Uh, using malted barley, sugar beet, and virgin Irish oak. Got you. So after they make it. Sugar beet. After they make it, they pretty much just seep it into in a vat of wood chips, sugar beet discardings, like mm-hmm. probably like the stems and stuff like that, and malted barley. 
Interesting. Which would it does explain have a to it. why it's so sweet on the nose. Right? When you give it you give it a whiff, it's like super sweet, mm-hmm. right? And it's candy-like. But what's the candy? It doesn't really smell like a fruit that you'd recognize. But right. beets can be very sweet it and very a, earthy. It has a very earthy sweetness to it, less like a citrusy, less like a banana you want. Because we also, we've tried overproof liquors before. We have the uh, Ray and Nephew Jamaican rum, and then we also have Smith and Cross. Okay. You know uh, what? Taste it again. And this is, I, I realized this. So taste it. Okay. Right. Just take a regular sip. I didn't even do anything fancy. I just, I took a sip. After you swallow it, taste it on your tongue, you realize you're tasting completely beets. If anything, it's actually leaving a slight texture on my tongue. Beets. Bears. It's literally... Battlestar Galactica. It's literally beets. That is the earthiness. That is what it is. It's literally like I'm tasting beets or beet juice. Hmm. Oh, you know what we should do with this? Because uh, we tried it with the other moonshine. You do you do this little thing, the little number where you just oh, kind of. Yes. So a good way, uh, I got, I watched this on the um, what's it called the uh, the bourbon documentary on um, on Hulu, where they're doing some uh, examples of how to taste moonshines and uh, still strength whiskeys straight off the still. Um, without, you know, just completely blowing out your palate. And instead, you use it just to touch, like, hand sanitizer, and you kind of rub it in your hands a little bit to activate some of the um, esters and some of the uh, the smells and stuff. And then you just give give your hands a quick smell. Earthiness, sweetness. I... The minute that I understood that it was beets, maybe I influenced myself, but I do not believe so. The influence of the beats is so significant. <laughs> I'm really trying to pull any other flavor other than beets, but you're right. It's literally it tastes like it's just earthy. It like tastes it, like a beet gin. Yeah, because the thing about beets is that I don't know about you, but I don't love beets, right? So I don't eat a lot of beets, especially I'm, not the candied canned beets. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not super familiar with beet flavors so much as I am with the smells of beets because mm-hmm. like I'll I'll sniff a bunch of fruit at a grocery store. I'm that guy. I'm that guy rolling in who's like, where are the navel oranges at? Let me get my my uh nosies and those toesies. And <laughs> that's so wild how but how how much of you can taste it tastes like but you don't get the stem of a broccoli. It's yeah. The it's sweet but it doesn't have much other flavor beyond that. I think. I think. No, I agree. And that's, but again, it's it's cl- hmm. it's literally clear. It, it, they soaked it. Okay, you know what I'm getting? It's not fair. Um, kind of on the back end, I'm getting this warmth in my mouth. It feels like kind of like a, it just feels like ah, oh, like I drink some liquor, right? It's the smoke from the oak. I don't know, man. Because or even, from the from the wood chips. Because even then, I would expect to get a little bit of that feeling of like walking down the Home Depot lumber section, and I don't get any of that. No, no, it's not significant because it's, it's not charred. Mm. So it's like it's chewing. Just, it's like it's like a, just like a whiff of it, but it's 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 very light. It's very subdued. This is definitely beat forward, which I think is very 
Interesting. But you don't even get too much of the malted barley, which I'm kind of surprised with when it's like when it talks about the stuff that's on the mash bill. But I think says, the barley, I think the barley barley affects the oh god, fucking disgusting. What am I about to say? So disgusting. Oh wait, no, wait, no, wait. What? No. I can't read sometimes. So I thought it said with malted barley and beer. It doesn't say beer. It says fermented beet. That's what oh. it's made with. Oh, that's why I'm not getting so many grains. That explains it's just, a lot. It's mostly beet with some malt. So this is actually probably more akin to an Irish overproof rum than it is a whiskey because of the beet. Like it's not it's not a lot of grain. There's not a lot of grain in this. That makes all. an absolute that makes so much sense. But that's it doesn't it doesn't claim to be a whiskey. Nor does it ha it it says it's a pooch. It's what a, proof is this again? Uh this is one twenty proof. So we're drinking a hundred and twenty proof alcohol. Uh it's a it's a concoction. It's a potion. It's a poochine. Woo! <laughs> and this mystery guy. And this mystery guy, which is We don't know where it came from. I don't think we I don't think we landed this home. Hi there, guys. You're watching uh, the tasting table with uh, James and Chandler, and we have here a moonshine made by someone. Who that someone is, I we'll don't never know. No, I don't know. I don't know who made it. All we know is that it was distilled on March sixteenth. One like different. <laughs> so different. what's the what's the mash bill of this guy here? Mash bill of this guy is sixty percent uh, cracked wheat, and um, that cracked wheat had been had been in storage for a little bit, and then uh, malted rye, which is probably another thirty five percent. Let's say. And, <laughs> let's say. And then that extra 5% in the middle there to just kind of make sure everything was on the up and up was a combination of sugar cane and brown sugar. And just kind of make sure that, that, uh, that it all reached the highest capacity it can be. So now you're doing the hands test on that one. What are you getting from that? Because I'm going to do a little tasty taste It's like it. smelling the wheat bread at, at Subway. Ooh, at Subway. Yeah, it's it's sweet. You know, it has like the smell of like somebody's like, here's some oat smell. And it's sweet. It does kind of taste like if you put your head inside of a like a buffet oatmeal pot. Ooh. Ooh, that's Yeah, gonna, this is uh Honestly. <sighs> you know, I can't really show favoritism because I the other applicants anonymous, but I kinda like this one more, it's got more flavor. So now up we have front. to talk small batch because it says small batch. How but, small batch? But is, I, like you, <laughs> you want to talk small batch? We could talk small batch because definitely, I think in a lot of times, just like with food at home, when you make stuff at home, whoever made it, I'm not saying one of us made it. However, it was made. Um, 
when you make stuff at home, it can be better because you can take more time. You can spend more per portion, right, than mm-hmm. in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. They say small batch. How are you small batching 10,000 bottles? It's true. And then how are you exporting that small batch yeah, globally? How are you small batching to California? But, you know? but, you know, like how much variation is there really? Like as long as all of the ingredient proportions are the same. Like a small batch is a small batch until until you buy it from someone else, really. Oh, then it's not a small batch anymore. Then it's not small batch. Because if like if you're getting Or you have your own infrastructure. If you're like, I don't know, Jim Beam or something, and you're like the big guy and people are buying their juice from but you they to do, age their own. But they do small batch. They but say, they do have their small batch. But like their is that even really small batch if you have like the largest amount of acreage of land? And you just put like another building on it, and you're like, "This is the small batch building for our rotating." This is kind know. of the existential question for whiskeys, especially in America: is what do labels actually mean? Because you could say small batch; it doesn't mean shit until it says single barrel. But even single barrel only means part of the story. Yeah, it how only means much, so much. How much of the story of the way this juice was made do you get to know? Like, very little. Very little. Like, are, are the people who We don't are, even know are, the are, proportions of the mash bill. That's true. We are, just know that there is some fermented beet and some malted barley. Are the people who are harvesting the beets paid equitably? Do they, do they take care of the beets so they're not rotten before they're, like, chopped up and thrown onto the pile? Do they talk to the beets so that they get the it, most amount of positive energy into the soil? There was a piece of news I saw that's probably not real, but about like avocado oil. Mm-hmm. Most and then like they did a bunch of studies, like, oh the avocado oil is made with rotten fucking avocado bits, most of them, right? No matter if they say organic, no matter if they say first press, no matter if they say any of that, whatever the fuck, the avocado oil, most of them are just like bad, right? Yeah, but isn't you don't know. Isn't it also pasteurized though? I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't, if if I were in the avocado oil industry, I would pasteurize my oil. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't fucking know shit about oil, olive oil. When it comes to these things, just like when you get supplements and they have like proprietary blends, you don't know what the fuck this is. You actually have no idea. Like with monkey, uh, with a monkey shoulder, we had this conversation a long time ago. Oh, the whiskey. we had yeah. one bottle, and then we had another, mm-hmm. and they were very different. And we read the back, and it's like, oh, it's like some of their whiskeys blended wood whiskeys. Which ones? Which ones? Tell us. How much let of me know. each one? Let, let the people know. What are you hiding? So Monkey like, shoulder? This could literally just be the most simple, like, oh, they say, they say distilled beets. What if it was like literally one, one beet? And, <laughs> and then it's literally just like a clear, like, uh, like wheat. I think we would tell if it were more. No, no, no. Barley. Because then they soaked it in a thing of beets. And then. So like we had literally it, it could be vodka effectively soaked in wood chips and beets and you wouldn't know because they don't have to fucking tell you. And, and I'm not trying to get conspiracy They don't theory, have to tell you shit. But they don't have to tell you, right? Which is why when you do these things at home, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't, but if you take your time and you do them right, they'll often come off better, especially because you know what's in it. You can control the proportions. And you kind of get to be the... Uh... The guide along the way. The The only real danger that comes with doing it at home is a, sometimes your equipment just isn't 
um, you don't have enough down investment in your equipment to get one, the most amount of yield or two, um, keep everything as, uh, professionally sanitary as possible, but also having worked a week at a distillery, sometimes Ooh, a week, sometimes sanitation just, you know, there's a difference between sanitized and serve safe. Why is it spicy? Why is it? It's spicy because it's good. Damn. Actually, the spice is the rye. Like, you know, you know, that's the. No, it is. Yeah. You you are familiar and aware with rye whiskey. Uh, it tastes like I'm just chewing rye. You ever seen a wheat whiskey? What the fuck does that even mean? Like, you see that and you think you know what that means, but you don't really because it just has the word wheat on it. Well, okay, but I really like a wheated, a wheated bourbon. I love that. Do you I ever just see like a, a, a bottle of whiskey that says the word wheat on it? A couple times. What does it mean? <sighs> How much wheat? Isn't there wheat in pretty much every single whiskey that exists almost? Not all. But like mm. the most popular types frequently. Wait, wheat and barley are different. Yes. Right? Yes. Wheat and rye are different. Yes, but I feel like Wait, rye... what about cereal grains? Is that I just mean, an cereal umbrella grains, term? It is. It is. But I think cereal grains would be like mixed grains. But the, but there are cereal grains like uh 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 groats, like mm-hmm, oats mm-hmm. and things like that. Those are cereal grains. Uh there's one that I'm curious about, millet. Okay, millet. Fuck, I was I was reading up on this. I think that's also a cereal grain. I know yeah. it's like small, and it's like pebbles. Because uh, Koval, which I believe oh. we tried their four grain recently. Yes, yeah, we did. Oh, um, wow. It was a single barrel. I was doing a little research, and they have a millet grain um, single barrel that I'm kind of curious about. But what's kind of, I don't know, unless it says 100% whatever on the mash or on the label, really in order to just say that it's made with any particular grain, it just has to have 51% of that grain. Like a rye whiskey only has to have 51% rye in order to be considered rye whiskey. But like that doesn't mean shit if it's exactly at 51% and then the other 49% is a very different tasting. I mean, for rye, grain. for rye it matters because rye is for very rye, strong. Yeah. But like for wheat. You know, so that this brings up another question that I have to cut you off with. There's uh up the street, there's um bitters and esters, yeah. and they sell um home brewing equipment because it is totally on the up and up to make your own beers and ciders and wines at home. FYI. Um, but but they, not but not whatever this is, by whomever this is. Right. They have chocolate rye and various other types of, or degrees of malted rye. Chocolate rye being, has nothing to do with cocoa, cacao, or any variation of chocolate. It just has to do with how roasted the rye is but i've always been curious about um getting into like the really dark roast rye to see if you can get that kind of cardamom flavor to come out Ooh. or not cardamom coriander yeah, yeah, yeah. flavor um but i could taste it in a minute you started saying it 
if the if you do a rye like that and you use like four different types of malted rye, it's gonna have a much different flavor than an actual like whatever a oh, the, single grain. Also, probably is. the cheapest, like the filler rye, like that that matters. Mm-hmm. The catcher in the rye. So that's one of the problems when it comes to buying liquor like this things, especially things that are interesting, because you don't know what it is exactly that you're buying yeah oh do i have to do it but the problem with these other mystery ones is you may know exactly what's gone into it but you don't necessarily have the equipment to know exactly what's come out of it Mm. and so like you can Take it to our experts at the lab. So I poison myself. That's what you've said. And they can they can run all the tests and experiments to give you exactly what percentage of what has gone into it. But unless you have the infrastructure to do the type of tastings or the type of uh, filtrations, that's really the special. Like they they seriously just have, uh, and these exist in the uh, scientific. Uh, oof. It's like hot winds, but for yeah, liquor. Um, <laughs> Hoo Like uh, you can filter out specific chemicals, colors, things from liquid solutions, mm. right? So like you can pass liquor or anything through certain types of filters and filter out very specific things. It's the future, and you can't really do that at home. So unless you are, and people who do a lot of home distilling. I know. I've seen like the subreddits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If you do enough math, you can figure out what's coming out the other end by heavily controlling your input. And taking tests along the way. And testing along the way. But doing it at home is very difficult. And if you are doing it, you should be very careful and you should not wing it. You should find a reputable source. Do do your do your due diligence and research. Um, use as much copper tubing as you can because copper is a natural. Um, what is it? Toxin Holds or detoxifying stuff. Um, what else? Uh, make sure that you sanitize all your equipment. Wash your hands under your fingernails too. Yeah, nasty. Um, I think whoever made. This moonshine, if they were to change their operation in the future, what would they do? They would probably invest in some more efficient equipment in Minecraft. And uh, they would also really, really want to try a barreling, you know, try a little barrel aging. And if it's small batch, you can get a small barrel and just kind of keep in mind the proportions of surface area to liquid in your barreling. Um, in fact, we might want to keep an eye out in the future for any potential um, new drop-offs of, you know... Random. We're like the fire department, but instead of babies, we get moonshine. One day, we're going to shoot a special video showing you the liquor drop-off that we have in the back of the $1,500 million um, compound. Mm-hmm. It's, it's right back there. It's it's very fortified. I already own a uh, Tate Fortress, but it's like the opposite. Instead, we emotional we like emo- we like encourage like sex workers to do a good job, and 
they step on us. I don't know. Dude, it, not me. I don't like that. It would be so cool to own a distillery or to just have proper distilling equipment um, for like professional or not perfect, but even just like at the small batch level. Because you see, this says small batch, and it's it's still like I don't know a hundred plus gallons, one hundred percent, yeah, per batch. And just to just to be able to produce at that kind of volume, one, it would be terrifying, but also it would be so invigorating. There's this math. There's a math, there's a master distiller somewhere watching this, being like, oh, they don't understand what they're talking about. A hundred gallons. That's just the right amount to be so much that is difficult to maintain and manage, but way below any amount that would allow for most conventional so i had to build my own pot still but that's, out of pennies that's the spirit and that's that's the spirit of the spirit is to build your own fucking stuff that don't that has don't, to be okay don't build your own still and that's the spirit and that's the spirit and that's the way catch the spirit the cookie catch crumbles the um should we close it up yes so we've done our tastings we got oh ooh. We got a oh little my, bit more. Yeah, uh, I'm going to make you do it. You poured so much. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that we saw it on camera and so that we could do a full, like, actually tasting the table. Um, We already did the, the rough one. Sorry, we already did the robust one. We're trying to avoid saying the word smooth and rough because they're not really descriptive. It's not. Though, though to be fair, to be if we say it, fair. to be fair, you understand what it means. So we we can use it. Some of us are just, or some of them are just easier to drink than others. The, I'm gonna be honest. My my final assessment of the two, the compare and contrast, the Glendalock has less to keep me interested, but more to keep me drinking. Whereas the Anonymous has dynamics, dimensions. It's got accelerandos it's got crescendos and i have an opinion though yeah i think that it's obvious that the quality of this distilling is not to this quality this because obviously uh-huh. this is done with more professional equipment over here oh yeah of course uh uh-huh i mean whoever distilled this whoever they I wouldn't think take offense or anything there was some kind of like settling going on here. Like the flavor settling of what was on top was different than what was more on the bottom. And I'm wondering if that's because while we can't see it, there is maybe more particulate in here. No, the distiller explicitly told me in an anonymous telegram that they filtered it through coffee filters multiple times and it is twice distilled. Coffee filters, Chandler, mm-hmm. have big old holes. They might look really tiny. But they're so tiny, but though. But they're definitely bigger than what you'd need to filter this. You'd have to use the like the multiple coffee filter technique repeatedly. What? Okay, what about if in the future they used like the coffee filter activated charcoal technique? Cause yes, because that is 100% the, the way, because it'll pull everything out. Also, it could run it through a copper tube also. 
Well, it did run through a copper tube. But I mean, like, like another do one. Do it again. Fuck it. <sighs> also, okay. then throw that shit into an empty Coke can and give it a spin. A Coke can. An empty one. An empty, an empty Coke and can. clean one to give it that tinny taste. That's true. You do. Oh, I don't want to do it. Bottoms up. Um, thank you for joining us on the tasting table. My name has been Chandler. I'm James. And uh, bottoms up. Uh, what was the, fuck? That's, that's the spirit. That's the spirit. There we go, chum. Oh, giddy up. Oh. Woo. How's that going? I feel clean, but dirty at the same time. Ah. That was a uh, <laughs> tasting table uh, ASMR. I can feel my tongue salivating.